Hello, and welcome to the Boston University Center on Forced Displacement podcast, a podcast providing resources and knowledge around the field of forced displacement, a field that is approachable from any area of study. All right, so today I'm sitting down with Professor Mohamed Zaman, a professor of biomedical engineering and global health at Boston University and the director of the Center on Forced Displacement, as well as Professor Carrie Preston, a professor in the English Department and Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Program, as well as the associate director of the center. So yeah, welcome. Thank you both so much for coming and sitting down in the studio with me today. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just so excited to kind of start out this podcast series, sitting down with both of you. Obviously, this is a very, very important two people to be sitting down talking about the Center on Forced Displacement. And I feel like I honestly have to kind of start out by kind of tackling the elephant in the room. And that is that neither of your areas of academia or study really have anything to do with forced displacement but you are both working really deeply in that. So I feel like that's kind of something that we just have to throw out there and start out with. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. Um, uh, we are absolutely delighted to be here. Um, let me sort of look at your question in, in two ways. First of all, I think there's a popular imagination on what are the right academic areas to work in this field. And, and I think there is a little bit of uh, uh, confusion often associated with that. Um, I think uh, the very important questions in health, in um, social justice, in housing, in access to education, which are all important in forced displacement. Historically, unfortunately, what we have done is we have sort of associated exclusively with areas of international relations or political science or um, other aspects of social sciences. So I think one of the things that we want to do is to demonstrate that there is not just a room, but the necessity to include other areas that are just as important if you're talking about both uh, the ethical response to these questions and very practical, tangible policies that can make an impact on the lives of these vulnerable communities. So that's the sort of the, the theoretical picture of that. Personally, I think um, uh, I can say that I've uh, really thought about this, this issue for quite some time. I grew up in Pakistan at a time when there were millions of Afghan refugees uh, coming in uh, into the country. Um, I grew up in Islamabad. Not far from Islamabad were some of the larger camps in Peshawar and elsewhere. So in, in many ways, this has been part of who I was in thinking about it. Um, granted that I think it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do and, and how I could use my education and training in chemistry and biomedical engineering. But I think the recognition of the importance and the response of the society that is often uh, impulsive or xenophobic or uh, driven by a sense of nativism has been very much something that has been on my mind. And I am very grateful and glad that I have the opportunity now to combine some of my research and teaching along with sort of my own ideas and my own background um, for, for things to come together. When I started this journey working with Professor Zaman in 2017, our first effort was really to develop a program for students in Lebanon who would be studying the Syrian refugee crisis. And as I began talking about this program with my colleagues, they asked exactly the question you asked. What does an English professor whose area of research is the 20th century know about the Syrian refugee crisis? And my response well, was complicated. 
But I, I began to realize that nobody knew anything about the Syrian refugee crisis until it happened in 2011. But there's a long history of displacement, a long history of writing about, thinking about theater, since one of my areas is theater and performance, uh, related to displacement. And I wanted to shift the way we think about the role of the humanities, especially in relation to contemporary challenges. I think it's a huge problem that my colleagues thought, we have nothing to say about this major global challenge and ethical imperative because we are trained in a particular literature, in a particular period. And, and I really think the world is missing out when we silence our own voices. So that's been one of my goals, is to actually push humanists to consider what they have to contribute. If it's not, if, if you know, forced displacement isn't the area that they want to contribute to, think about climate change and environmental degradation, which of course intersects with forced displacement. But, but figure out where you can contribute. And in fact, I think this is a, a longer conversation about the crisis in the humanities, but I think this is one way to resolve this so-called crisis, is to think about all the different ways humanists can contribute to solving problems in the world today. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, honestly, to talk to both of you, because what I'm understanding is like, for you, Professor Zaman, there's this personal connection that kind of drew you into the field. And for you, Professor Preston, there was this gap of just like, understanding of resources that was kind of bringing you into something that as a professor of um, ge women's and gender studies, obviously, it sounds like you got a lot of questions. And so now having you both come together and create this center um, like sometimes I'll be like sitting around our team meetings and I'll kind of like have this moment of realization of like how many different areas of studies, how many different levels of education, how many different types of people are sitting around our table discussing things, bringing together what we make up at the center. Um, and I think that's really, really been a cool aspect that I haven't really seen a lot within other organizations, centers, anything within my university experience so far? You know, um, one of the things that I've realized, and, and I think it's particularly exciting, is that we want to bring disciplinary expertise. It's not that we are anti-disciplines. It's that we really want to bring that disciplinary expertise together and recognize that we all have to learn from each other, right? So it's it's transdisciplinary in that sense that it stands on the, the expertise and the knowledge and the training of various disciplines and then brings it together. You know, the problem of forced displacement or people who are uh, forced to leave their homes is not a monolith. It's not only a problem of politics or economics or conflict or climate change. Even, even conflict and climate change has, is, has many dimensions. It has issues of history and culture. It has issues of ethics and uh, social and economic and uh, sort of uh, historical vulnerabilities. It, of course, has issues of engineering and science. And, of course, it has issues associated with um, the political realities of that. And I think if you want to look at these challenges in a way that is uh, appreciative of that complexity, we have to bring the disciplinary and transdisciplinary expertise to do that. I think it's not that any one group or any one institution or any one um, training has multiple seats at the table. Everybody has to have a seat at the table. And I think we are losing out if we are not including 
um, experts or scholars or practitioners or people with a lived experience. Um, and I think that would uh, continue to perpetuate very limited view of these uh, sort of really, truly global challenges. I regularly feel the way you feel, Chandra, sitting around our table, and it feels like a miracle. Um, one place where I see us benefiting directly, as you know, I've been working on a definition of forced displacement this semester and circulating this document with philosophers like Micah Troutman, our graduate fellow, um, with our, our postdoc, Devin, who works with Professor Zaman in, in his lab and is studying wastewater um, and what we can learn about disease by examining the wastewater in camps and, and along migrant journeys, um, with Marina, who is earning her PhD in international relations, and bringing the best of the ideas together to make this definition better and better. Just one little example of how we define the words that are in the title of our center, it's improved so much through the contributions of all the members of our team. And I've learned so much just in the way that they respond to the ideas, their suggestions. It's really fantastic. Yeah, and what I've also been kind of experiencing, not only as someone who works at the center, but I also went down to the border with you um, over our spring break with the Border Studies Program and kind of seeing how not only within um, like the educators and the postdocs and um, that we're also kind of doing this on a level with the students as well. I was yeah. very surprised when I came in to the program and you look around the room and all the students in the program are coming in from such different angles and such different areas of study, um, which was so surprising for me at the beginning that we weren't just sitting in a room of political science and international relations students. Um, yeah, and we do that deliberately. Absolutely. So, so when Absolutely. we're interviewing students for any of our programs, one of the things that we think about is what will they bring through their disciplinary expertise, um, maybe from personal experience or personal perspective. And we are looking for teams that will benefit from the diversity of experience, perspective, and scholarship. And, and we see the great benefit of that. You know, I mean, uh, one of the things uh, that sort of the, the terrible episode of COVID has taught us is that uh, a seemingly public health problem itself really benefits when there are uh, social scientists and humanists and philosophers and ethicists and anthropologists uh, who are able to contribute and understand. Um, if we sort of look at the one of the last interviews of the um, former head of NIH when um, at PBS he was asked, uh, what would you do differently or what is your regret? And he said, I wish um, I would spend more time and more resources in understanding human behavior and mm -hmm. sort of looking at the role of anthropologists and social scientists, right? So here's somebody who is heading a National Institutes of Health program really at the forefront of COVID and recognizes the necessity and the need for people from all disciplines for a problem that seemingly is a public health problem or a clinical problem. And I think this approach, this deliberate approach that we are taking, this, uh, this idea is sort of cognizant of that necessity, that important global problems require input. It's not that it is good to have, it is a must have uh, that we must include sort of scholars, practitioners, students, artists, um, from, from all backgrounds to be able to understand the human experience and the impact of that. Yeah, I definitely think that's also been reflected in a lot of um, 
the events that we've hosted this year. Um, just for example, we just had an event, um, like a live theater event, mm. which again, on the surface, you would never expect that to be coming out of a central force displacement. Yeah. Um, so we have a playwright in res- residence, Ismail Khalidi, um, and we did a staged reading, uh, Returning to Haifa, that I think reflected, of course, the value of the arts and personal stories in connection with studying forced displacement. Um, But even in that conversation, the conversation after the performance, I was thinking how much was added by students who were really focused on the politics or the history of the creation of the state of Israel. You know, the fact that the British mandate was ending right at this moment um, was, was so important, along with reflections on all the many forms of resistance. That was one of my favorite parts of the conversation, resistance through writing, resistance by staying in place when you are intended to be displaced, um, as well as armed resistance. And and bringing those together through the conversation and, and through theater, I think, was really powerful. Yeah, I think it definitely brings in also a, like a large range of students who have a lot of different interests. And I think that for example, within the Border Studies program, where there were so many people from all these different areas, it really became evident to me in that moment of spending that week with um, all these different students that this issue, these is even just in the context of the southern border of Texas, where we were, is so essential to have so many different brains and minds working yeah. on anything. Yeah, and I, I think we saw what each student was able to bring to the various conversations and, say, field work experiences that we had. Um, I remember this moment where we were sitting in the Humanitarian Respite Center, and several of us were looking at the papers that the migrants held and trying to decipher and helping them to translate and figure out what is the next moment where they are due in a court. Um, others were running around with children. I remember Roshni learning, I want to run in yeah. Spanish, and then just running with these kids and giving the parents who were trying to navigate their paperwork a break. Um, you know, our, our gifts, our skills, our interests, we can bring them and, and we can help in very, very different ways, but we all have something to give. Absolutely. I think uh, one of the things that is particularly exciting is for me um, to learn from these opportunities to to work with uh, Professor Preston and you and other colleagues and sort of use that in my own research and also just getting a richer perspective. Um, so so I think the, the the deliberate structure of the center is not only because of the nature of the problem, but also for our own mutual learning so that we can become better at our own research or in our job or as uh, we sort of grow in our own professions. Uh, but let me answer your, your, your other question, how we envision our, our pillars and our activities. So the center is not an area study center, which means that we do not have a focus that is exclusive on Africa or South Asia or Central America, but rather it is meant to be a place where scholars across the campus and beyond who bring expertise in these areas will come together, work on these projects, and the center will be 
uh, a place, a platform for them to engage in their scholarly endeavors. The center uh, is built on four pillars, uh, one focused on healthy lives and meaningful livelihoods, one on climate and environment, uh, one on arts, expression and identities, and one on sort of pedagogy and research uh, and training. And the idea is that these uh, sort of themes would one intersect with each other, but also would bring together scholars from diverse disciplines. So, so really the idea is that you would bring together in these themes just as you do that at the center level. In the next three or five years, we hope that all of these pillars um, will, will be sort of centers of learning in their own right and will sort of learn from the um, expertise of colleagues, but also contribute to new knowledge creation. Yeah. And I really loved what you were saying about how the issues and the topics that are being faced at the center are not just the ones that are on the radar and that we're really looking at so many different aspects yeah. coming in, taking just so many different powerhouses within the university, within Boston, within like kind of the world now um, to start planting little seeds for growth. Um, but yeah, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast with me today and kind of setting the scene. I think this podcast is going to be a really exciting kind of addition and endeavor into kind of my journey of figuring out what it's like to enter into the field of forced displacement from so many different angles and areas of study and opportunities. Um, so it's going to be a really fun journey. It's going to be a fun podcast. And I'm really happy that both of you guys came in today to kind of help set the scene for what's to come. We're so excited to be working with you too, Chandra. One of the, the wonderful things about the center is that we are prepared to learn in all directions. Yeah. I think we're absolutely ready to learn from our students. We've learned so much mm -hmm. from our students, graduate students, postdocs, our colleagues. And it really feels like a spirit of, of mutual discovery every time we sit around the table. Um, and that's a really beautiful thing in a university where so often these kinds of hierarchies, institutional hierarchies, disciplinary divisions, really shut down the kinds of conversations that we're able to have at the center. Yeah, I think it's an extraordinary privilege. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel this and I, I mean it. Uh, I hear from colleagues who say that this is something exciting that they're excited about. And I'm talking about somebody who might be in Nigeria or in Bosnia or in London or in, in Texas. But I really feel this extraordinary privilege to be part of that, to be able to learn from uh, colleagues like Professor Preston, but also you and other students who are just really, um, uh, I mean, I, 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 I consider myself very, very, very fortunate and very privileged to be in this position. Well, great, me too. I can't wait to keep, yeah, keep working, keep learning. It's been a great start to a really awesome project. So thank you again both so much. And yeah. Thank you, Chandra. Thank you so much, Chandra. For more information on the new ideas, technologies, scholarship, awareness, and solution identification happening at Boston University's Center on Forced Displacement, go check out the website, www bu.edu slash cfd slash, which will also be linked in the description. This podcast is produced by Boston University's Center on Forced Displacement in collaboration with all members of the team.